Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey, hello there, everybody. I am so glad you're joining me for this episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show. And hey, this is episode number 5252. So, you know, question for you, how is the weather in your corner of the world, in your neck of the woods, wherever you live? Um, You know, it's been really back and forth here. We've had like some wind. I'm talking some wind as of late. Now, Kansas equals wind. It's just part of the deal. So, you know, that's not really new. But we have had a lot, like a lot, lot of super strong winds the last, oh, off and on the last couple of months, really. Um, it's been like, wow, it's been extreme, lots of wind, but you know, like last spring and summer, no tornadoes, no severe summer weather. Okay. So I'm okay with the break from the extreme wind. It's noisy and, um, actually had to wait a day to record the podcast. That's how loud it was. It was just too much sound being picked up by the mic and the recording software. I mean, a ceiling fan sounds like a helicopter, um, when you're when you're recording. So sustained winds, well, yeah, they were too loud. So here we go, recording a day later than I thought I would. And hopefully you're having really good weather where you are. I know some parts of the country, um, we have a daughter that goes to college in Pennsylvania. Yeah, there's been snow. There's been just the stuff, right? So I hope it's good wherever you are. Look, it's February. February kind of one of the longest months of winter. Now, I was a homeschool mom, and so I used to try and tell people that um, just to hang in there through February and March, because March was long. February felt long. March felt longer. Not really um, a lot of, uh, it's up and down in the weather. You are tired of the school year, right? So, uh, you know, all those things. So if that's where you're at right now, if you're feeling like, uh, that's totally normal. You need to know it's normal that you should start in the month of February kind of yearning for spring. That's a very normal thing. So, and if you love winter, man, hats off to you. Good for you. I hope you're getting all the winter you want then. Okay. And to my friends in sunny Florida, man, has your winter been brutal or what? I'm so sorry. Kidding. Totally kidding. Like today it's freezing outside. What's the weather down there today, my friends? Uh, toasty warm? I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, can you go to the beach if you want to? I bet you can. Yeah, um, I mentioned it last week. I really love Florida. So the weather down there is really right up my alley. I know some people like the California type weather, like where it's in the mid 80s or like think Hawaii where you're in like, it's like 85 year round. I kind of like um, Floridian weather a little more. It does get hot down there in the summer, but I kind of like it. So anyway, okay, so now that I'm able to record without howling winds in the background and I'm done rabbit trailing talking about weather and how much I'm really over winter this year. I just want to say, it's a good day. This is a good day. We're going to talk about a promise from the book of Psalms. 
um, otherwise known as the Psalter, Psalm 42, verse 11 from the Amplified. And I hope by the end of this episode, you also are saying with me, it is, it is indeed a very good day. It is a good day. Okay, Psalm 42, 11 Amplified says this, why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become restless and disquieted within me? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Okay, so that last part is um, the psalmist, and this is not written by David. The psalmist is telling God who he is. I'm going to praise you, and he's just um, not bossing God, but just speaking out loud, kind of, I know who you are. Have you ever had somebody say, ever heard somebody say, I know who my God is. I know who my God is. Yeah, this is kind of what the psalmist is getting at here. For I, I hope in God and I wait expectantly for him, for I shall yet praise him. He is the help of my countenance. This is who my God is. Okay, so let's also look at, uh, yeah, verse 8. Verse 8 from the same psalm, Psalm 42. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song will be with me. Okay, we see that powerful little word will, and you know how I am about the word will. When you see the word will in one of God's promises, I want you to underline it twice, double underscore, two lines underneath of it. And then I want you to say the verse out loud if you can. If you're in a place where you can't, you know, say it out loud, maybe can you whisper it under your breath or can you just read it? But read it as if you're speaking out loud, if that makes sense. So, And then put emphasis on that word will. Some of my listeners may not have heard me talk about um, that powerful word will when God promises that he will do something. So I would say it like this, yet the Lord will, yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song will be with me. Okay, um, I don't know about you, but when I read it that way, really choosing, like making a decision that I'm going to believe that what God says is true is the truest thing in the universe. When I read it with belief, it grows my faith. It encourages me. It it sends the devil packing. It really does. The whole atmosphere around me, like the way I think, the way I feel, if I'm feeling moody, if I'm feeling grouchy, I mean, I'm reading a verse just like that, man, it turns everything on its head. It turns it on a dime. So that powerful word will, it's really important to double underline it and then believe it, believe it. I hope you're always on the lookout for that word. If this is new to you, start looking for it. Start looking for places where God says he will do something in his word and then start believing him to do exactly what he said he's going to do. Um, and, you know, believe it when you see it. Does that make sense? Like when you, like people say, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, when you see the word will in God's word, you believe it right then and there. You may not see the whole thing coming to pass in this moment. Uh, so what? It's going to come to pass. Believe it when you see it. Whenever you read that word will in one of God's promises, you believe it. It's so good to remind ourselves that whenever God says he will do something, oh, yes, indeedy, Mrs. McCready, he will do it. He will absolutely do it. Our God gets things done. It's good to remind ourselves of that regularly. And hey, you know what? Maybe remind somebody else of that today, too. It may just bless their socks off. You never know. Our God gets things done. Okay, so there in verse 8, we have the psalmist talking to the Lord, which is, you know, he's praying. He's praying. It's exactly what I hope to always do whenever I'm in a difficult place in life. I'm not saying I do this perfectly. No, not at all. But I want to. I want to talk 
to my Lord when I'm in a difficult place, when I'm in a tight spot. The title of this psalm in my Amplified is Thirsting for God in Trouble and Exile. Thirsting for God in Trouble and Exile. Is that how you describe yourself when you're in trouble, when you feel like you've been exiled in some some realm? Like, you know, financially, um, maybe you're an odd duck at work, maybe you're waiting to get married, um, you know, maybe you need a job. Do you feel like you're in exile in some area and do you thirst for God then? Or do you, <clears throat> clear my throat before I say this here, do you wallow in self-pity? And we think that that wallowing is like rolling around in it. For some of us, we can put on such a good face. We can be wallowing on the inside and on the outside. It looks like we're just we're just tipping our toe in the puddle of self pity, but really we're rolling around in it. Let's let's be the kind of people who make up your mind right now today that when trouble comes and when you feel exiled, you're going to thirst for God. You know what? If you ask the Lord, if you if you're willing to pray and say, Holy Spirit, when that time comes. Or if that time is right now, Lord, right now, Holy Spirit, in this right now, make give me a desire, make me the thirst for you. Uh, he'll answer that prayer. I promise he will. Okay, yeah. So if the title of the psalm is Thirsting for God in Trouble and Exile, that sounds like difficult times, right? So when you find yourself there, and you will, right smack dab in the middle of the tough stuff, go ahead and talk to God about it. Talk to God about it. I didn't say text five people about it. Anybody? Ringing a bell for anybody. And I did not say go Facebook it. You don't need to go on a run and clear your head. And I'm not saying running is bad. It's not. But it's not the answer to this equation that has come into your life. And clearing your head, listen, that's self-help. That's self-help, baby. What, um, Look, self-help in all honesty is no help at all, okay? Ask me how I know. Anybody else want to raise their hand and say, yeah, self-help is just no good. It's me thinking about me in my own head all the time and not bringing God and his word into the equation. Sometimes it's me reading a book with a couple Bible verses sprinkled throughout it, but mostly just pop psychology and, uh, you know, yakking at yourself to try and make yourself feel better. It's, it's self, 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 self-help. I want God help. I want Holy Spirit help. I want Jesus help, okay? I know that's super frank. I know that's really, really blunt. But what I also know, folks, is the sands of time are running low. Jesus is going to come back soon, like soon. I don't feel as if I've been given permission by the Lord to kind of sugarcoat stuff like this. I'm not, I'm not, I have not been graced to say, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe that might, yeah, there's some help in that for you, and that can be okay, And but but maybe God has more for you than that. I don't feel like I can, I haven't been given permission. I haven't been called to account to say those things. Um, God has called me to say, self-help is not going to help you right now. This world is going to get rougher and darker because Satan is real, and he's angry, and he does not like the children of the Most High God. He hates Jesus, so he hates you. So guess what? I'm not helping you any if I sugarcoat it and try to pretty it up and say, yeah, maybe there's some, yeah, maybe that'll work for you. Jesus will work for you. The word of God will work for you. The Holy Spirit will work for you. Your life is too important and too valuable for me to play around with that. And your pain 
Um, I don't I don't say that pain is sacred because nobody's pain is sacred. If Jesus's pain on the cross was for all the world to see and to save all mankind, if that pain, the greatest pain ever, nothing will ever even be a drop in the bucket compared to it, was not sacred, like as in it's only for me and nobody can see this and nobody can know this and you don't know how deeply this hurts and, and hidden away where it just kind of festers inside of you, um, your pain, my pain cannot be sacred either. Look, um, time is short, folks. I'm going to have to give an account to the Lord for how I live, for exactly what I do with my life. This podcast is a part of what I'm going to give an account for, so that's why I'm being so frank today. I'm not called to do whatever I want to do. I'm just not. That's not in the equation for me. I'm not called to do whatever this person and that person think I ought to be doing, phrasing things the way they think maybe I ought to be phrasing it. That's news somebody needs to hear today. Somebody needs to hear the truth that you're not called to do whatever this person over here and that person over there think you ought to do. Maybe you don't even realize that what you're doing, the way you're living your life is what somebody else would prefer for you to be doing. But is that what God has called you to do? I'm not saying, hey, you go quit your job and pitch a tent in your best friend's backyard because your house goes into foreclosure and, uh, you know, your kids don't have money for shoes or, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm saying whatever you're called to do, you got to be checked in with him and talking to him about it and not letting other people talk to you more than God talks to you, if that makes sense. Because people will, I don't know if you heard of the 10-80-10 rule, but like, um, it's it's probably human nature and kind of true. And by human nature, I mean, we were born with a sinful nature. So we kind of follow patterns just because we all need Jesus. And sometimes the patterns that people follow, it just means for us to to notice that and pray for them that they would come to know Jesus because he has hope for all of us. So like 10% tend to be like driven forward. They want to see change in new things. That's the top 10%. The bottom 10%, they really want to just put the brakes on and hold everything back and stay where stay the way things are and have no change. Like they're very resistant. And the middle 80, they kind of flex around back and forth between whoever is the loudest voice in the room at the moment, but really they're just kind of lackadaisical, just existing. I want to call you in your walk with the Lord to be in that top 10% today, checking in with him because you can have the same job next year that you have right now, but you can be doing that job a completely different way because you're checking in with the Lord every day and he's speaking louder than anybody else. So the real question is, what is God calling you to do? Therein, therein lies the rub, right? That's that's where the rubber meets the road. Are you going to actually do what he said to do? Well, you're never going to do what he said to do if you never ask him what he wants you to do. And so you never know what he wants you to do. I am not called to do what makes sense per se. I'm called to do what the Lord has said for me to do. Read the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's a lot there that would not make sense, but they obeyed the Lord and he was glorified. That's what it's about. My life is not going to be measured against um, anything other than what God planned in advance for me to do. Have I been doing the good works he preordained for me? Okay, now this is all from the word of God. You can do a Google search and you'll easily find the verses that support what I'm saying. Um, Okay, so that's my spiel on self-help and why I'm kind of frank, kind of bold in what I'm saying here today. And And honestly, it's okay if this is offensive. You can be offended by me all day long. I'm I'm fine with that. No issues. Just please do not be offended by Jesus, please. 
by the words in red. That means New Testament words that Jesus spoke are words in red. By what he says in his word, please always, always vet everything per the Bible. Don't take my word for it or other people's word for it. Take God's word for it and then believe what God says. Believe it. So talk to the, to the Lord about your hard things. Don't text your friends first. Don't put it on Facebook and don't reach for the self-help book. Really talk to him. Or I might say it better by encouraging you to talk with him. You share your heart as muddied up as things might seem. You know, sometimes, I don't know if you're like this. Maybe this is more a woman thing than a man thing. I'm not really sure. You know, sometimes the clarity does not come until we talk something out. Um, you can talk things out with God. Did you know that? He's He's the best listener. He just is. But then be sure to be still. Spend time in silence, in quietude. And hear what he would say to you. He knows the end result of everything, of all things. He has every solution that you will ever, ever need. So be sure you're listening to him often and regularly, daily, like daily. That's the right amount of time that you need to be still and ask him if there's anything he wants to speak to you. In what relationship would any of us do all the talking and never, ever listen? Like, we just wouldn't. And so this is our most important relationship of all. We don't want to just talk, talk, talk and never listen. We don't want to do that with the Lord God Most High. We for sure don't. And when you when you do take time to be still and listen, when you lean in to listen, when you draw close to him, um, when you, and when you draw close to him, he will draw close to you. That's a promise from the New Testament book of James. When you do what verse 8 says, uh, you're going to get what is promised, right? This is, um, it seems like some promises are unconditional and some are more conditional. In this case, I want to encourage you to really draw close to him and then get what the end result will be from drawing close to him. Believe what it says here. This is for you. Listen up. It really is for you today. Like now, in the right now. I don't know what your tomorrow will be. So I'm sharing this with you for your right now. And I really, really want it to bless you, encourage you, for God's favor to be poured out upon you in the right now today. When you lean in to listen, what the Lord will say to you. When you lean in to listen to what he will say to you, believe that he will command his loving kindness over you in the daytime. Okay, really, like depend on that all day long. God is commanding. He's not playing here. He is commanding his loving kindness over you all day long. Think about that. That's absolutely incredible. And that is God's promise here. And at night, when you're lying down to go to sleep, or maybe you're going to read a little bit, read a book before you nod off, before you turn on the book light, before you just... um you know, fluff up your pillow and head off. Some people can fall asleep in like one minute. If that's you, that's awesome. That's not me. Before you do any of those things, remind yourself that his song will be with you. You can ask him to give you a dream that sparks hope. Did you know you can pray that? That might seem crazy to some people. Hey, you can ask him for that. Why would you not be able to ask him? Lord, would you, while I'm sleeping, I want my mind to be at peace. I don't want to wake up at 3 a.m., my thoughts running through my mind. I don't want to lay here for the next two hours, unable to unwind and go to sleep and shut my mind off. Lord, would you help me to fall asleep quickly, to stay asleep and sleep all the way through the night? And would you give me a dream that when I wake up, it will just remind me of how much you love me? You can pray for restful sleep. You can pray to sleep soundly all the way through the night. As I just said, you can, you can, you can ask the Lord to help you wake up early enough to spend a good hunk of time with him in the morning. 
Uh, He usually wakes me up before my alarm. You know, you can ask him for that too. And you can expect that you will be more refreshed and energized and able to do what you need to do that day by getting up earlier than you would be if you'd slept in. Why not believe him for that? I know a lot of people believe him for that every day and he doesn't fail. He does not fail. Okay. You can also know that, um, you, you, you also need to know that you can ask him to help you go to sleep in a timely manner. Now you've got to do what you're told to do. Put the phone away. Everybody knows you don't need to be scrolling before you fall asleep. If you have kids, they need to leave the phone out of their room at night for a million different reasons. Okay. So know that if God says he's singing over you all night long, well, then he's close by. He's keeping an eye on you. Think of a mom singing and rocking her baby to sleep. Uh, she's protective and attentive and loving on that child. And she wants that child to rest well. Uh, moms want those babies to sleep all the way through the night. God is singing over you all night long, all night long. And he's commanding his loving kindness over you all day long. It's you need to go talk to him about what's on your heart unburden yourself before the Lord. Have you heard that phrase before? It's a really great thing to do. And that means when you are done with your prayer time, you should not still be burdened. If you're still burdened, um, you kind of did it wrong. Go back and unburden yourself and you leave it with him and let his loving kindness just flood over you all day long. This psalm is, remember, remember this psalm is written for times of trouble and exile. These promises, what you need to be believing God for, are for those times of trouble and those moments of exile. This is for real. This is for the the thick of things. This is for life as it is, not as we would hope for it to be or wish for it to be. This is great news. And some of us uh, could use some really great news today. This is it. Here's the great news you've been looking for. There is not better news for you than God's word. And there never, ever will be. I don't care if you were to win the lottery today. Good news from God's word is always the best thing going. Always. Okay, now we're going to jump back to verse 11. Um, How do you go about talking to yourself throughout the day? Sounds like a weird question, right? You might be like, I don't talk to myself. Well, in in your thoughts. Look, you don't spend time with anybody else as much as you spend with yourself. Who talks to you more than your own thoughts than what you think throughout the day? So who has sway? What weighs most? What weighs most is what wins. Think about that. What weighs most, what bears heaviest is what wins. I know it's not a common saying these days about what weighs most, but what is weighing on you? Turn that around if it needs to be altered um, or altered. Like to alter something, you need to alter it. So if it needs to be A-L-T-E-R-E-D in your life, altered, changed in your life, then you need to A-L-T-A-R, alter it. Put it in Jesus' hands. And then keep your hands open to receive what he wants you to have in place of that stuff that you just needed to give over to him. What weighs most? What holds sway over you? Where your thoughts go, there your life goes. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not wrong about this. Keep those thoughts on a short leash. I would encourage you to take every thought captive and make it, make it obedient to Christ. Um, kind of like go all Nike and do it. So um, Nike, actually, that's a pagan God. Did you know that? So uh, maybe go all, let's say, let's go all Jesus and just do it. Just grab those thoughts and make them bend the knee to the Lord. The Holy Spirit will help you, I promise. You take the first step 
and uh, say, Lord, help me to know how to, this thought right here, this is not right. I don't want to think this way anymore. This is negative. Um, this is, uh, this is unhappy. This, I don't like the way I feel when I think, or when I talk to myself, when I think these thoughts, help me, Lord, to take this thought captive and make it obedient to you. And the Holy Spirit will help you. Ask yourself, why are you in despair? This is from verse 11. Why have you become restless? Why why are you so down in the dumps? Why am I restless? Why am I disquieted? Why in the world would we ever be disquieted when we have Christ? We have Jesus. Seriously, ask yourself these questions. I'm not kidding around here. You know what will happen? You're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I know who my God is. I know who my God says I am. I will not be in despair. I'm not going to stay restless and unsettled and disquieted. No, 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 no. I choose to quiet myself like a weaned child and rest in the goodness of my loving God. That's your promise today. That's for you. You're, you're talking to yourself a lot because you're thinking thoughts a lot. You spend 24-7 with yourself, right? Like it, it doesn't really stop. You're always there. So have good thoughts. Have the right thoughts. Make up your mind to make up your mind. Okay? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Oh, man, be expectant. I'm going to say those two things again. Make up your mind to make up your mind. Hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Like, I mean, right now, today, I mean it. I mean this today. This is literal. This is literal. This isn't figurative. This isn't off in the floaty, fluffy cloud somewhere. This is for you in your real life today. You be expectant today. Like, you know God's moving. You're expectant because you know God's moving. Because he is. Because he is. Expect a solution to that problem like now. Like any moment. Any moment. Expect. Be expectant. Isn't that what it means to be expectant? Sometimes I think we forget. Um, Yeah, that's the right word. We forget the actual definition of words when we read Bible verses. Like in any other realm of life, yeah, we know that that's, that's what that means. That word means what it means. When we read the Bible, we kind of, um, you know, slough it off a little bit. And it's like, eh, yeah, we just, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That's from the enemy. He doesn't want you to really believe. He doesn't want you to really believe. Jesus said, um, may it be done for you according to your faith, right? Um, as you have believed, it will be done unto you. This is, this is all throughout the New Testament, so Satan's always trying to work on your belief, even like in ways that you don't really think about it. But if you do look at it and you think that word expectantly, if your boss said, I want you to be expectant, that bonus check's coming. What do you, how are you going to, are you going to be like, eh, yeah, or, but when, when the word of God says hope in God and wait expectantly for him, are you expectant the same way you would be if your boss comes in and says, man, big bonus, big bonus coming for you right now. It's going to, it's coming soon. You'd be watching your bank account for it. You see what I'm saying? Like we should, we should be very aware of where the enemy is sneaking in to get us to kind of downplay and soft pedal what God's word says. The definitions of words hold true and they're most true. How could they ever be any more true than when they're in God's word? Okay. You be expectant today. You know, God is moving. Expect him to be moving because he is. We need to be a strong church right now. That's just a fact, Jack. This isn't an option. This is not some, well, I hope I can be strong enough if persecution and hard times ever come. Uh, Yeah, I think they might be coming, like they're on the horizon. We need to be a strong, mature, healthy church. Jesus isn't coming back for a weak, immature, sickly church. 
let him come back and find you strong, mature, and healthy, and, and in a church body that's strong, mature, and healthy, where you are encouraging people around you in your family, in your workplace, um, in your church, in your small group, to also be strong, mature, and healthy, like right now, right now. So we all need to be expectant now, not whiny. Whininess is not healthiness. That's not strong. It's not strength. It's not maturity. Expectant, looking up, keep your chin up, like for real, toward Jesus. Expect God to move at any moment now, any second now, for I shall yet praise him. I shall yet praise him, this verse says. Um, Oh yeah, we're going to spend eternity praising him, like forever. So let's get about that business right now. Devil, you watch me, praise my God. Just watch me. He is the help of your countenance. The look on your face Your outlook, your whole demeanor, it will change. It must change. It has to change when you are in the presence of your king. He is your God. This is your God. Your God is close at hand. He loves you fiercely and he's protective of you, all while also drawing you to maturity and wanting you to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus. He's doing both. God's not loving you less in season when he's growing you more. Now he loves you wholly at all times, like W-H-O-L-L-Y, completely, wholly, totally. And he is in some ways, um, in some ways he's kind of got us on fast forward on the maturity track. Just know, know that and understand that there may seem, there may appear to be, there may seem to be some tension, some tug of war, but not really, not in God's economy. Satan tries to convince you there's tension and tug of war because he doesn't want you worshiping the Lord, even as you're growing up and maturing in the Lord. Uh, remember those growing pains and things that you had when you were, you know, and remember the awkwardness of like the middle school years and all that jazz. Sometimes growing up has some aches and pains. It doesn't mean something's wrong. It often means something's right. It means something's right. Um, when a guy's voice is cracking and all that stuff, he's he's growing up. That's the right thing. It's not fun, but it's a mark that he is growing up and maturing. Remember, make your thoughts obey God's word, right? What God's word says is what your thoughts need to yield to. So take your thoughts captive and make them submit to the Lord. Don't let your narrative be negative. Fit the narrative to God's word. Fit your personal narrative over your life to God's word. What the Bible says is true. So live like you believe that it is true and make your life, your thoughts fit that narrative. And you know what? That's how you go in the right direction. That's how you live an obedient and submitted life before your king, your God, This is for today, my friends. This is for today, for right now. Thank you so much for listening. And hey, um, would you share this podcast with somebody? Maybe on a social platform, tell somebody about it, shoot somebody a text, send them the link. That would be great. Uh, Check out my book, my devotional about God's promises on Amazon. Um, It's got um, all five-star reviews and I get comments, whether they're messages or texts or um, emails or uh, almost every day about people saying, yeah, I believe God's promises in a new way. So check it out. Give it as a gift. Maybe it's called The Power of God's Will. Just search for The Power of God's Will by Jan L. Burt on Amazon, Kindle or paperback, no matter which way you prefer to read. There it is. Okay. I'm going to see you next week, but oh, I got to tell you one last thing. One last thing. Please listen to this and don't zone out and don't just don't click away yet. Please, please. Really. I'm speaking soon at a Life Skills Leadership Summit. And I know I speak a lot online. I've got like six in January, I had six uh, speaking engagements for the year. But listen, it's online, of course, because COVID, right? Uh, But there's this, here's why I'm so excited about this conference. I really need you to hear this. Um, There's this cool thing happening 
with this online summit. The, the, there's this ministry, a human trafficking organization called Unbound. And if you know me personally, you know my heart about this particular heinous, sinful evil that is ravaging our world. Human trafficking is pure evil. It's from the pit of hell. I'm always going to be on board with an opportunity to push back against the gates of hell and take back some ground and really, like in this case, literally rescue people from a living hell. Okay, so this organization Unbound, it's based in Texas, it's going to get donations from this summit, the, from this whole conference. The host is giving 5% of everything that comes in to Unbound. And then speakers have been told that they can also donate 5% and then she'll match that 5%. So her 5% plus hopefully every speaker donates 10% from all of us. Can you think about that? That's amazing. So um, any tickets sold via my my link, um, there's a free option, but then of course there's always a paid option. So uh, the free option, no 5%, no 10%, no 15% is going to go to Unbound. But from any of the paid options, this donation will go to Unbound. And I probably honestly am going to actually it's not probably I'm going to make an additional donation based on however much comes in however many tickets I sell another 10% is going to go straight to Unbound maybe more than that. I mean, my heart is so in this like, so I'm going to put the link in the show notes click on it really human trafficking is an abomination and it is pure pure evil and I really am going to promote this a lot the next few weeks because I can't not talk about this. This breaks God's heart and it's got to break mine too. Um, I'm on this earth at this time and I can't just pretend that I don't know what's happening on this earth at this time. I can't. I can't, right? Like, I'm serious. Like, have you heard the stories of the, the Christians in Nazi Germany that the trains would go by on Sundays and they would have um, the Jews and them being taken to the concentration camps and the Jews would be screaming for help because you know, maybe see out a little crack and you're like, I think there's a church there yelling for help. And the people tended to just say, just sing louder so you can't hear him. Just sing louder. Look, folks, I ain't going to sing louder. I hear the heart cry of these children, of these people who are in, and many of them are children. If you think that there aren't children in trafficking, you're wrong. It breaks God's heart. It's got to break ours too. Okay. I'm here at this time and I know this is happening and I can't do nothing. That's not right. When you know the good you ought to do and you do not do it, that is sin. That's New Testament, folks. That's under the new covenant. When you know the good you ought to do and you do not do it, that is sin. This ain't about me selling tickets. I could care less. I would love for everybody. Just get the free option all day long. That's fine. But in this case, buy the ticket because you are helping. You are helping. This is this is awesome. I want to see what we can do with a cumulative effort to really make a difference in people's lives. And we're going to give an account and let my account be one where... Uh, I know there's no tears in heaven, but where I can cry and say, Lord, I tried. I tried to help these people who are really in a living hell and to give them the freedom, access to the freedom in Christ and healing that he has for them. Think of God's heart for this. Okay, anyway, so the host Carrie Beck is going to meet my 5% as well, her 5% plus my 10%, and hopefully all the other speakers will opt in to donate to because it compounds and it will, it will, it will make a difference. You want to know how you can make a difference in this world right now? This is one way. Start here. Think about that child, that girl, that young woman whose whole life could be changed. Yep, just buy a ticket. Click that link. Please. I ain't too proud to beg on this one, folks. I'm going to beg a lot. Please. And then I'm sure there are going to be some aspects of the summit that will bless you. That's the gravy. The meat and potatoes for me this time around is unbound. What you're going to hear at the summit is uh, it's for parents, so moms and dads, and it's about raising your children to be leaders. How do you incorporate 
leadership and real life skills. So think life skills and leadership because we all lead in some arena. If you're a mom, you're leading over your children. I mean, we all are. So yeah, that's awesome. But the meat and potatoes is unbound. Please, please, please. And thank you. Like on behalf of every person who'll be blessed by your generosity, who they can't personally tell you thank you. Let me just say on behalf of them, thank you. Will they be thankful? They would hug your neck if they could. We just don't even know. Okay. Thank you for being a kingdom, kingdom-minded follower of Jesus. A kingdom-minded follower of Jesus. Lord bless you. God's promises to you are all coming to pass, and he has not forgotten you. You are not on a shelf. You are wrapped in his arms. I'm going to see you next time for episode um, 53. Wow. How amazing is that? Thanks so much for being here, guys. Lord bless. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.